If you would, please open your Bibles with me to the book of the Psalms. Today we're looking at Psalm 113. Psalm 113. Now, before we begin our look at this psalm, I'd like to say a few things about what I pray we'll see together in our study of Psalm 113. Keep your place there, and if you would, turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 5. John, chapter 5, and let's look there beginning in verse 38. John 5, verse 38. Our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, declared to these Jews who sought to kill him, Ye have not his word abiding in you, from whom he hath sent. For whom he hath sent, him ye believe not. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Remarkable, is it not? In effect, the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, the God-man, is telling these Bible preachers, you think you know what the Bible's about. And worse yet, you think that eternal life comes from doing this and not doing that. Well, you haven't the slightest idea what the Bible's about. Well, I'm here to tell you, The Bible is about me. From Genesis to Revelation, the Word of God is about me. The Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ the Lord. And you will not come to me that you might have life. Turn to Luke chapter 11. Just back a few pages. Luke chapter 11. You see, my friend... For you and I to understand what the Bible's about, we need a key. And the key to the scriptures, the one all-encompassing theme and testimony of the Bible, is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 11, verse 52, our Lord warns these preachers of the law. Verse 52, Woe unto you lawyers! Woe unto ye, Lord, unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye enter not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. Ye hindered. So the key to understanding all the scriptures is Christ and him crucified. So I pray that the Lord will be pleased to show us Christ in this psalm, that he will be pleased to implant the living word in each of us gathered here this morning, and save whom he will. And for you who already are saved, I pray that he will comfort you afresh with the gospel of your salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's go back to Psalm 113. Psalm 113, verse 1. The sweet psalmist of Israel writes, Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Notice three times David exhorts us to praise the Lord Jehovah. Who is the Lord Jehovah? Beloved, the Father is Jehovah. The Son of God is Jehovah. And the Holy Spirit is Jehovah. Now, this is not vain repetition on the part of David. 
nor is it arbitrary that in verse 1 that the anointed of the God of Jacob praises the Lord Jehovah three times. Turn with me to Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1. Second last book of the Bible. And in Jude, in the latter part of verse 1, we read Jude writing to God's elect. And he writes to them that are sanctified by God the Father. Praise the Lord Jehovah, beloved. He set us apart to give to his Son to save. And preserved in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. He loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And called. Praise the Lord. He saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Beloved, never forget it. Salvation is of the Lord. He's the one who makes us to differ. He's the one who's given us an understanding. We read in John, 1 John 5, verse 20, We know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. All right, let's go back to our portion in Psalm 113. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Verse 2. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Now that word blessed means to kneel in an act of worship. That is, the Lord is greatly to be praised, greatly to be thanked. Praise the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. When I was thinking of the name of the Lord, the first verses that immediately came to my mind were Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, and Isaiah 9, verse 6. Let's take a moment to look at those verses that speak so clearly of our salvation in Christ. In Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we read there, Matthew writing, indeed God's word declaring, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her, put her away privily. Just think of this young man, Joseph, how troubled he was to think that his fiancée was pregnant, and yet Mary and Joseph had not yet consummated their marriage. Perhaps Joseph was thinking how he would break the news to Mary's parents that the wedding was off. Verse 20. While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their, from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. 
God with us. My friend, do you understand what you just heard? Do you understand what you just heard read to you? Your God, your creator, took to himself flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone to both live and die for sinners. In living for us, beloved, he established a perfect righteousness for us. And in dying, he put away all our sins. So that now at this moment before God, you have no sin. You are saved to the uttermost and found complete in Christ. You see, beloved, he ever lives to reconcile his people on the basis of his doing and dying to both satisfy the Father's justice and to justify and sanctify his people. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and that speaks to the human body that was prepared in the virgin's womb. Unto us a son is given, as the eternal Son of God, he's not born but given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He rules and reigns over everything and everyone. Indeed, he has all power in heaven and earth, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor. The Wonderful Counselor declares, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear. In Revelation, we read that, that counsel. And we read further in this portion, he's called the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment. He justifies his people. And henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And further we read there, and with justice, it speaks there, he sanctifies his people. And from henceforth forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. My friend, salvation is of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Verse 3, Psalm 113, verse 3. From the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. We read in Malachi 1, verse 11, the promise of the gospel of Christ. It says there in God's word, For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, among the nations, saith the Lord of hosts. And most certain it is, his name is great among the Gentiles. We call his name Jesus, Savior, for he shall save his people from their sins. Verse 4, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. What a blessed expression that is. The Lord is high above all nations, not some nations, all nations. He who dwelleth on high and who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Remember that blessed detail in John chapter 3? You turn there with me, John's gospel chapter 3. And this is just after telling Nicodemus that no one can enter, let alone see the kingdom of heaven, except they be born again 
And our Lord says in verse 10 of John chapter 3, He asks them, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. That is a great mystery, beloved. The one that came down from heaven speaks to Nicodemus, and yet as he speaks to him, he is the Son of Man, which is in heaven. I freely confess I do not know how to explain that, but that's so. While the Lord walked the earth, he is the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Not will be in heaven, but is in heaven. And our Lord continued, verse 14, as is, And as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen. Who is like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, who dwelleth on high, who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? My friend, can you say that of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he's your Lord and God? Well, then you have a reason to rejoice. You have reason to rejoice, indeed reason to praise the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 10. And look there with me, beginning in verse 24. John's Gospel, chapter 20, beginning in verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. He was not with them when the Lord Jesus Christ came. Verse 25. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the, prints of the, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are all are they that have not seen and yet believed. Is there a doubting Thomas amongst us this morning? Doubt no more, Thomas. Jesus Christ is your Lord and God. Oh, what a blessed thing it is to say. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And to have, a, and to have in view the one 
who makes the invisible God visible. My friend, the only God you will ever see, the only God you will ever fall down before and worship and embrace is the Lord Jesus Christ. And turn with me to Matthew's gospel, gospel, chapter 17. Matthew, chapter 17. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. While he yet spake, Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And the Lord Jesus Christ came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Be not afraid. Psalm 113, verse 7. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth the needy out of the dunghill, that he may set him with princes, even with the princes of his people. What's so striking about this portion is how particular this salvation is. You see, the salvation mentioned, this redemption, this reconciliation set forth in verse 7 and 8, is only for the poor and the needy. Only for the poor and the needy. Are you poor? Has God shown you your utter and complete poverty before him? That not only have you only and ever transgressed his holy commandments, but further to that, all your righteousnesses, all the good you have ever done, falls short of the glorious good and righteousness of your Lord and God, Jesus Christ. My friend, has God in love and mercy to your soul shown you your dire predicament? Listen to the counsel that he gives to his poor and needy people. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. And look there with me beginning in verse 14. Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. My friend, that is why you need a Savior. That's why you must needs come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor, how do I come to the Lord Jesus Christ? 
simply this, my friend. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God grant you to no longer wallow in your ignorance. You see, you are either one who is ignorant or one who is saved. You are either ignorant or you're saved. You are either found wanting in your own filthy, ruined righteousness or you are complete in his. Paul writes in Romans 10, My unsaved religious friends have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of my Lord and God Jesus Christ. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Look at what our Lord and God declares to you who believe there in Revelation 3, verse 18. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye, eye salve, that thou mayest see. Verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. My uncle Bruce died this week. I received an email that said, quote, Your uncle Bruce passed away early this morning from a major heart attack, even though he is in a better place, and I am very sad. I replied, I was very sorry to hear about that, and that I was glad that I got to talk to him before he passed. I replied, What a sure hope sinners have in trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. He declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Believing sinners rest in him, for he shall save his people from their sins. Not might, not maybe, not possibly, but ever so blessedly, he shall save his people from their sins. Who are his people, Pastor? My friend, his people are sinners who look only to the Lord Jesus Christ to save them. My only hope to see my uncle again is that our Lord had him in view when he said, I give unto my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish. For he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Beloved, have you ever had someone say to you about a a deceased loved one that, quote, they are in a better place? What do we say to that? When we have no hope, what do we say to that when we do have a hope? Well, with respect to my Uncle Bruce, I suppose we could put it this way. He has told his story. He lived his life. And I tell my family and loved ones 
There's not a thing I could say that would or could change what God has for him. Not one word. You see, my only hope for my uncle is that he had a blessed hope, Christ Jesus, our Lord and God. If not, if not, well, then there's no hope for my uncle. You see, he is either clothed in the white raiment righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ, enjoying his presence, or my uncle is in a place that my Lord describes as a furnace of fire where there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Lord shall say to the goats on his left, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. Our Lord declares, If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Our Lord describes heaven as a place where I am. (laughs) That's why it's heaven, beloved. It's where the Lord Jesus Christ is. And three times he describes the other place people go who do not have the pardon and perfection of his blood and righteousness as a place, and he says this three times, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Isn't it good to know, beloved, that believers never say goodbye? (laughs) We never say goodbye, beloved. But really and only we say, till we meet again. Till we meet again. While the unbeliever writes that their dead relative is dearly loved and will be always and forever missed, well, that's true. They will be forever missed because should they try some other way into heaven, Should the Lord not give them ears to hear and a heart to receive the Son of God? You know, he, he declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but, my, but by me. Now, I say all of that to say this. Uh, some of us will see each other again in glory. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? We're just not time state friends. <laughs> we'll see each other again in glory. And some of you won't unless God does something for you in the heart. All right, verse 9. Verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. Praise ye the Lord. Barren woman. Who is the barren woman? Beloved, that's me and that's you. Apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. And nothing good can ever come to us. You see, outside of Christ, everything that happens to you is bad. And in Christ, everything, I mean everything that happens to you is good. Well, how can that be? Because, beloved, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, beloved, that not only speaks to things in this world, that speaks that everything is ultimately done for our good. Now, it may not appear like that at the time, but it's so. 
And that means from the day we're brought into this world to the day you leave this world, everything God orders for you in this world is for your good. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of a virgin. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ assumed human nature. It was good when our Lord Jesus Christ lived out our life, a life that we couldn't live. It was good when they came to take the Lord Jesus Christ out of the garden. He said, if you want me, leave these alone. Just take me. You see, you can't have me and my people at the same time. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross. And it was good when our Heavenly Father laid on him the iniquity of us all. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ was wounded for our transgressions. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ was numbered with the transgressors. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ cried out, It is finished. It was good when the Lord Jesus Christ cried out in glory, It is done. It was good when salvation was done, complete, perfect salvation. For who? Would you like to know? (laughs) For his people. That is, everyone who will believe and trust him and look to him and will never trust themselves ever again. I'm barren. But beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ maketh the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of his children. Praise ye the Lord. My friend, if you trust yourself, you're not trusting Christ. If you trust yourself, you're barren. But if you're trusting Christ, you're not trusting yourself before the Lord. And that's just so. Beloved, whatever happened to you this week was for your good. Whatever happened to you this morning was for your good. Again, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Just think of it, beloved, that God the Father sent his darling, well-pleasing son to be the savior of his elect in all nations. Think of the grace of God, the, the Spirit, in making his saints his body. And think of that grace and love in God the Son, who is so loved of the Father, and yet so loved us as to give himself for us. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 1. I love that portion there. Verse 5, it says there in the latter part, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Just to think of the grace and love in God the Son who so loved us as to give himself for us. Beloved, a whole eternity will not be enough for praising, blessing, and adoring the Lord Jehovah, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for these things. May God grant each of us to say, in our hearts, even now, what hath God wrought in remembering us in our low estate? For his mercy endureth forever. Help us, Lord, to praise thee, to love thee, to live to thee, that every day we may increase with all the household of faith in praising the God of our salvation upon earth until we come into the everlasting enjoyment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the view of him in glory, to praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. One more portion I'd like to show you.
Turn with me to John chapter 15. Our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, condescends to teach us how it is he saves a sinner like you and a sinner like me. And I pray that what he describes here is even happening now in this auditorium this morning. In John chapter 15, in verse 26, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, declares. And again, we, we see the, the triune God here, just as we saw in Jude chapter 1, verse 1. We see him here again, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how he saves his people. When the Comforter is come, when the Holy Spirit is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. You know what happens when that occurs? <laughs> Both faith and repentance are given in a moment. And you believe on the Son of God for all your salvation. You trust in his blood is washing you, cleansing you from all of your sins. And when he was living on the earth, he was establishing your perfect righteousness on your behalf. What good news it is to be set free from ignorance, to no longer be waking up in the morning trying to go about in your day to establish a righteousness of your own and to look only and ever to the blood and righteousness of the Son of God. What freedom we have. <laughs> Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be not entangled again in any yoke of law, whether it's religion or man or otherwise. What did our Lord say? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that truth is not some abstract truth. That's the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Look to him, beloved. Ever look to him. And rest and rejoice and be comforted in his blood and righteousness. Amen.